0: Deep inside every one of us is a lion waiting to be unleashed. Are you ready to be unleashed into your destiny? As we stand on the edge of time, the web of deception is being unraveled. Carl Joseph offers you the red pill and the keys to unlock the shackles of your mind. Get ready to be transformed by God's supernatural power. Let's join him now.
1: Friend, I want to talk to you today about testing, and that's specifically testing from God. Did you know that God does test us and it's scriptural for him to do so? There's a tendency for some Christians to think that somehow every apparent lack of progress in their lives is a work of the devil, when in fact it is the Lord who could be refining, chastising, or correcting character issues that need to be addressed in our lives. Not every apparent stagnation in our progress is a work of the devil, friend. Yes, we need to be cognizant of our enemy schemes and devices, definitely, but we're also in process of being transformed into the image of Christ Jesus whilst we sojourn on this earth. Friend, we need to know the difference between God's testing and Satan's trials or sifting. We must be scripturally balanced and also need to realize that after we're born again and saved by faith in Christ, we automatically enter into the process of sanctification whereby God purges away our old habits and ways so that we may experience more freedom in Christ and finally break habitual sins in our lives. Because God loves us so much, he won't leave us in our condition. What I mean by that is, friend, God never stops chipping off those old habits and ways that still follow us around after we come to him. This is a transformation that God the Father initiated and is vested in, namely being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. This is a work within our soul after we're born again and the process of sanctification takes our cooperation. Now, as I've said, according to scripture, the concept of testing most assuredly comes from God, not the devil. Our testing from God is to reveal what's in our hearts, but its contents come as no surprise to him. The rhetorical question of Adam, where are you, that God asked Adam in Genesis 3.9 is a classic example of this, as the question was meant for Adam's sake, not God's. More precisely, God's question was aimed at Adam's spiritual condition in relation to the father. And he asks us the same question today, friend. God is asking you, where are you in relation to the Father? Are you in love with him as much today as the first day you met? Or have wounds, hurts, and disappointments? God in the way of your relationship. Friend, it's time to run into the arms of the Father. And they are forever open. The scripture states that God left Hezekiah in 2 Chronicles 32-31. And I quote, God left to try him that he might know all that was in his heart. However, any testing from God is never to be confused with temptation. As God tempts no man, remember James 1.13 makes that very clear. Testing from the Lord is to reveal what is in our heart for promotional purposes and for the benefit of character refinement, even if we fail the test. God will allow stressful circumstances to see if we remain loyal to him throughout the testing period, while simultaneously allowing further opportunities for character refinement. This character refinement is spoken of in the books of Jeremiah and Isaiah and in other scriptures, including the book of Psalms, Malachi, and so on. In the case of Gideon, the men were sifted at the water for God's purposes without them even knowing it. And that's how God can test us sometimes, without our knowledge of him doing so. Let's read Judges chapter 7, verses 4 through 8. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them for you there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto you, This shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomsoever I will say unto you, This shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people unto the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that laps of the water with his tongue, as a dog laps, him you shall set by himself. Likewise, everyone that bows down upon his knees to drink and the number of men that lapped putting their hand to their mouth were 300 men but all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water and the lord said to gideon by the 300 men that lapped will i save you and deliver the midianites into your hand and let all the other people go every man unto his place friend the word try in hebrew is soraph. remember god said that he would try them It means to fuse metal, to refine, to melt or purge away. Gideon's men were separated according to God and by his standards, not by Gideon or his generals. And God's methods may appear strange to us at times. This reveals that God can observe us without us being aware of it and even test us to see if we're ready for the next phase of what he has planned for us. God chose the soldiers by his standards, and the small character trait of sipping water from a river the more gentlemanly way was the means by which God separated the men for himself. Why? Because men were to represent God on the battlefield. Friend, you too represent God on the battlefield as a Christian soldier, and he is concerned about your character also. The refinement process of conforming our character to God's image is mentioned elsewhere in scripture in Psalm 66, verse 10, where it discusses the Lord who tries us as silver. In the refinement process, silver is refined up to seven times, removing all the dross or impurities until the silversmith's reflection is seen in the silver. Only then is the silver ready for display. Just as we need to see our reflection in God's mirror or his word, so the silversmith seeks his reflection in the silver to ascertain our readiness for use. You can read about it in Psalm twelve six. Now silver is a good analogy for our refinement, as it's more precious, softer, pliable and more malleable than most other metals. Just as we need to be receptive to God's corrective hand in our lives like silver and are precious in his sight. God further expounds on this comparison of man to silver by labeling his prophet Jeremiah as the tester in Jeremiah 6 verses 27 through 30. This is God speaking. I have made you, Jeremiah, an assayer and a tester among my people, that you may know and assay their way. All of them are stubbornly rebellious, going about as a table-bearer. They are bronze and iron. They, all of them, are corrupt. The bellows blow fiercely. The lead is consumed by the fire. In vain the refining goes on, but the wicked are not separated. They call them rejected silver, because the Lord has rejected them. In this passage, Jeremiah is described as an assayer and tester, where God's people are likened to bronze and iron, representing their corruption and lack of refinement. To assay means to examine and determine its characteristics. It's an analysis to determine the presence, absence, or quantity of one or more components. God's testing process is therefore to determine what is or isn't lacking in our character and position us for the supernatural fulfillment of what he has planned for us. God's testing is a positive thing, friend, and not to be confused with the negative aspects of Satan's trials or temptations which only serve to harm us. God utilizes this testing process to prove whether or not we qualify for the next step of our destiny, because God will never give us more than we can handle or test us beyond what we can bear. But most importantly, we need the character, friend, it takes for what he, the Lord, has in store for us down the road. The word assayer in this passage is a technical term used of someone who tests precious metals by the process of smelting. The word is not found anywhere else in the Old Testament. We might then translate the whole verse like this. I, God, have placed you, Jeremiah, among my people in order that you might put them to the test as a person tests metal. I have placed you there as a fortress and you are to examine my people and put them to the test. Clearly, God examines his people in many ways and uses his ministerial offices today to carry out this testing as well. Several scriptural passages in the Bible prove it's God's will to test us throughout our lifetime. But again, it is a positive test for our benefit, friend. In this passage, it was God's desire for his people to come out from among the idolaters of the day and separate themselves from people who were corrupting them by association. If the wicked were not separated from God's people, then the refining process had failed. Another test God is offering today, friend, is have you separated yourself from some people you know are not a positive influence in your life? Remember, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Bad company corrupts good character. Another example of the smelting analogy can be found in the book of Zechariah in chapter 13, verse 9. I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure, says God. I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name and I, the Lord, will answer them. I will say, these are my people and they will say, the Lord is our God. Notice in this passage, the end game of the refinement is that his people will call upon him and admit he is God. This is all he desires, friend. In this example, God is the furnace and his breath are the billows, which is harnessed to attain a closer relationship with him and cause us to submit to his lordship. It should also be pointed out that the sifting that the apostle Peter underwent was not from God, but from Satan. In Luke twenty-two thirty-one, remember Jesus warned Peter, saying, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, that your faith fail not, and when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. As the farmer sifts the wheat with his winnowing fork to separate the wheat from the chaff, so Satan desired to literally shake Peter back and forth to reveal weaknesses in his character. And it's the same for us. Peter's heart, unfortunately, was exposed in his denial of Christ, showing some cowardice and betrayal. Yet he was transformed at the day of Pentecost when he became spirit-filled. From that day forth, Peter was a different man and his great exploits were documented in the book of Acts. This is further testimony of God's transformative powers when we are endued with power from on high. And this should not be overlooked. Now Satan's intention in this sifting was to condemn, slander, accuse and shame Peter. Therefore, God tests us for promotional purposes and to assist us in our character refinement. But Satan, in sharp contrast, will condemn, slander, accuse, and shame us. Do not get the two confused, my friend. Satan's trials are in complete contrast to God's testing, which generally reveals the weakness in our heart for correction. God seeks to conform us to the image of his dear son via conviction, prompting and leading, but never by condemnation. God's testing is therefore in juxtaposition to Satan's sifting and they are diametrically opposed from one another. We must understand this. Perhaps the end game of all testing can be summed up in one passage and highlights the character trait that God holds in the highest esteem, namely integrity. In 1 Chronicles 29, 17, it says this, I know also, my God, that you try the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. And in the NIV version, it says, I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. Friend, God's acid test always comes back to the integrity of our heart and our dealings with him and other people. If ever anyone passed the test with flying colors, it had to be Joseph in the book of Genesis. The truth is, my friend, deep within us is a vision that God has given us to complete in our lifetime. It's during the times when the vision seems forgotten or we become discouraged by our lack of progress that Satan will send his trials or sifting to discourage us or perhaps suggest there are alternative means to obtain God's will. But if we give in to these shortcuts, we could delay or even forfeit God's plan altogether, or at the very least cause ourselves great distress by being outside of God's timing. It's this sifting, spoken of in Luke twenty two, thirty one, that can derail God's plan in our lives if we are not prudent to listen to the Spirit of God in these trying times. Remember what the Bible says in Proverbs fourteen twelve. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Friend, we need to be careful in the times of God's testing, not to take a shortcut that we might look right in our own eyes, but give birth to another Ishmael. The Lord leads us gently by his spirit. He does not drive us to take action, but evil spirits do seek to force drive and compel us. So let me ask you, friend, who or what is driving you? It takes discipline to see God's vision come to pass in our lives. Make sure you're acting with integrity in your choices today, and you will pass the Lord's test each and every time.
0: You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who's witnessed God's supernatural power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl is a unique researcher who investigates current affairs, societal trends, technology, cults, and in-time events all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button,